Welcome to the Grace Baptist Church podcast, and thanks for joining us for this episode. Before we begin, please take a moment to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you enjoy this content, please don't hesitate to leave us a five-star review and share this podcast with your friends. We'd like to extend an invitation to you and your family to join us for worship this week at Grace Baptist Church. We'd also love to connect with you online at gracekettering.org. Thanks again for joining us and enjoy the episode. We're in Acts chapter number 24 and verse number 16. And uh, I wanted you to try to find your, your Bible and find your place there. I want to share with you some thoughts about a clear conscience from the word of God and from the life of the apostle Paul. Um, Paul has been accused uh, by uh, the the Jewish community of bringing a um, a Gentile into the court uh, into the temple, and uh, he did not. But uh, he was accused of that, and and being a man that was a rabble rouser and and uh, spreading false doctrine and so on. So there was a lot of accusation against um, against Paul, and so the Jews have uh, there was an uprising on the Temple Mount, and uh, ultimately we have Paul being brought away. Uh, to stand in front of Felix, a Roman official. And there in front of Felix, he makes this statement uh, in Acts 24 and verse number 16. And herein do I exercise myself to always have a conscience void of offense toward God and toward man. What a wonderful statement that is. Let's ask the Lord to help us understand this. Father, would you guide us as we look at this matter of the clear conscience? And would you help us to have the same testimony as Apostle Paul, to have a conscience void of offense, empty of offense towards God and towards man? And we ask you to be our guide this evening. In Jesus' name, amen. The conscience is a, a, the psychological faculty that distinguishes between right and wrong. And it either afflicts or comforts a person depending on their, their actions. God gave us the conscience. He says in Romans 2 and verse number 15, which show the work of, law, of the law written in their hearts, their conscience also bearing witness and their thoughts, the meanwhile excusing or else excusing one another. It is God that created us with a conscience to, to know right from wrong. The important thing is to realize that the conscience is informed by truth and by God's word. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against God. And so it's the conscience that helps us, that it's informed by the truth of God's word, that helps us to stay on, on the right path and not, not veer to the wrong. Uh, H.C. Uh, Trumbull said this, conscience tells us uh, that we ought to do right, but it does not tell us what right is, that we are taught by God's word. And so uh, for a believer to, to uh, neglect his time or her time in the word of God is also to run the risk of having a conscience that is untaught or is not informed as it ought to be informed. And so the Old Testament priests, their job was to teach people right from wrong, to take the truth of God's word and to teach it so that people understood what is right and wrong, so they could discern that on their own. Now, there, the, the mention of a good conscience is happens six times in Scripture. The mentions of an evil conscience happens just, just once. But Timothy, 1 Timothy 1 and verse 19, holding faith and a good conscience, holding on to it, uh, standing there which some having put away concerning the faith have made shipwreck. Literally, to resist the conscience informed by truth is to run the risk of being shipwrecked in your faith, to, uh, to be washed up in your faith. And 
uh, we can all think about uh, folks that we know that maybe have walked with God for many years, but had resisted God in their conscience in one matter or or many matters over time and have found themselves in a situation where the faith is not shipwrecked. They they don't they maybe they aren't uh, following after the Lord like they used to. Maybe they're out of church. They're they're struggling in their conscience. Uh, their faith has been made shipwrecked. Hebrews ten twenty two. Let us draw near with a true heart of full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. The idea that we need to allow God to create in us a a, a clean conscience, uh, our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience where it's been cleaned, it's been informed by truth, and it's been guided in the right way. Watchman E said this, Naturally, there are many reasons for not possessing greater faith, but the gravest of these is probably an evil conscience. A good conscience is inseparable from a great faith. And so we need to seek to maintain a pure conscience. Christ followers should uh, actively be working on this on a daily basis. Notice from the life of the Apostle Paul, a clear conscience requires a commitment. It requires a commitment. He says, herein, do I exercise myself? I exercise. This is a choice that I'm making. I'm I'm practicing. I'm I'm learning this by repetition. I, I am putting the strenuous effort needed into this matter of having a clear conscience. Uh, a sports, a person playing sports, in order to be good, maybe at golf or maybe at baseball, in order to be good, they're going to have to, um, they're going to have to exercise or practice over and over and over again. For Paul, it took personal exercise, personal uh, commitment to practicing having a clear conscience. He says, "I, I am the one. I'm not looking at everyone else, but I am the one that exercises in this way. No one but you and I. No one." But you is responsible to practice keeping a clear conscience. We have to personally practice this matter of the clear conscience. It's something that we have to focus on personally for our own selves. We can't look at everyone else. We have to focus on this ourselves. This is a personal matter. A clear conscience requires commitment. But a clear conscience requires consistency. He says, I always, to always have a conscience void of offense. Uh, this is something I'm always working on in all times, in all places, with all people at every stage of life, whether at work or whether at church, whether at home, anywhere I am. I'm always seeking to have a clear conscience. Notice before God and also before man. So I'm in every arena of my life, I'm seeking to have this clear conscience. The important part of that is we cannot compartmentalize our, our Christian life. We cannot compartmentalize life. Well, it's okay to not have a clear conscience over in my work life, but I, I'll, I'll do my best over in my, my church life. We should not compartmentalize our lives. It's all sacred before God. In every arena, we're seeking to have a clear conscience before God and for man. He says in Acts 23 and verse number 1, when he's speaking to the, the Jewish people and Paul earnestly beholding the council, men and brethren, I have lived in all good conscience before God until this day. He's talking to the Sanhedrin, uh, men, all 70 men, men, I've, I've, I've done my very best to live in good conscience before God all the time. I've always conducting my life in this way. This is my pursuit. This is my desire. We need to tend to our conscience daily. We need to tend to our conscience daily. Uh, it, don't let days get away from you. Don't let it, um, issues become uh, a week old and a month old and a year old. Tend to them daily and keep a clear conscience in that way. So it takes commitment, takes consistency, but it also takes consideration. And what I mean by that is the fact that we have to pause and think about 
uh, is there something I need to take care of? Is there something I need to adjust? Is there something I need to get right? He says, I always seek to have a conscience void of offense, without offense toward God and toward man. For uh, Philippians 1 and verse number 10, that you may prove things excellent, that are excellent, that you may be sincere and without offense until the day of Jesus Christ. Uh, with my thoughts, my attitudes, my actions, they need to be without offense towards God and towards man. Uh, is that the case? Uh, can we look into our life and say, you know what? I am void of offense. I've done my very best to right any wrongs. I've done my very best to be right with others and be right with God. He said to the Corinthian believers in 1 Corinthians 10, 32, giving none offense, neither to the Jews nor to the Gentiles nor to the church of God, not racial offense, not not uh, not offense within uh, the church to fellow believers uh, in no way. I don't I don't want you, Corinthians. I don't want you to be causing offense in any way. So Paul, Paul considered this. Paul considered his actions. He was thinking about it. Watchman Nee said this. If we were more disposed today to mind the voice of the conscience, we would not be as defeated as we are. He's just simply saying we need to give heed to the conscience. What is your conscience saying? Is it afflicted? Is it comforted? If it's afflicted, we need to make right. We need to take care of it. Now, it's easy in those situations when our conscience is afflicted, maybe to look around and see who else is the problem. But our conscience is our matter. And our conscience is something we need to deal with in our relationship with God and with others. One other person said the trouble with the, um, the advice, follow your conscience, is that most people follow it like they follow a wheelbarrow. They direct it wherever they want it to go and follow behind. Uh, let's not be like that. Let's allow the truth of God's word to inform our conscience and the truth of God's word to guide us in what we are to do. So it's, it takes commitment. It takes consistency. It takes consideration, pausing and thinking, is there anything I need to take care of? But it also takes confession. Oh, confession. Sometimes that's not easy. <laughs> Most of the time it's not easy. And a lot of times we struggle with that matter of confession, but it is so very important. Paul said, I, I want to have a conscience void of offense toward God and man. Now consider this, void of offense. Void means to be empty, clear, keeping a short account with God, keeping a short account with others, nothing between my soul and the Savior. When you sin, offend God or man, uh, we want to do our very best uh, to get it right. When we sin, our conscience is going to be afflicted. It's going to be pricked. You remember what, what Jesus said to Saul on the way to Damascus? He says, isn't it hard to kick against the pricks? You know, when there's a sin that we've allowed in our life and we're not willing to get it right, uh, it's hard to kick against that and continue just to push back on that and, and not get it right. It's hard. God designed it that way. Uh, we're afflicted in that matter. And when that happens, it's actually a, an act of God's love. He doesn't want us to get away with sin because sin will destroy our lives. Think about the illustration of David. David sinned with Bathsheba and then murdered her husband, Uriah. And uh, the Bible speaks about the, the affliction that came to his soul. And Nathan, the prophet, comes to him and says, hey, listen, David, uh, you're mad about the sin of this man that stole uh, someone's sheep, but you're the man that this actually uh, that actually did this. You went and stole uh, Bathsheba's husband, and you murdered him, and you took her for yourself, and you're the one that's in the wrong. And if David had no conscience, can you imagine what if it had happened? He would have continued on in that offense without ever making it right. Oh, he did make it right. Psalm 32, Psalm 51, we find that he made it right. 
But we also noticed that David was afflicted. His bones waxed old. He groaned. He lost sleep. There was much turmoil in his heart because he had this sin between him and God and others. And he got it right. You know, you think about uh, the medical condition where you have no feeling in your fingers. And uh, think about touching a hot stove or picking up a hot pan and not noticing it and how that that hot stove can burn and, and destroy the flesh. So it is with a conscience that's been seared or been pushed back against and it has no feeling. When we sin, there's not this, this pricking, there's not this affliction that causes us to get that sin right with God or man. And so we go on and, and it destroys our life. And afflicted conscience is a reminder, God loves us. He doesn't want us to continue on in sin. Sin brings about death. The works of the flesh bring about death. So the only answer for an afflicted conscience is confession. Many times in my life, I've had to I've had to go to God and go to other people and get something right. And that afflicted conscience, it's worth getting it right. It's worth confessing. The antagonism, one man said, between life and conscience may be removed in two ways. By change of life or change of conscience. By change of life or change of conscience. Either getting it right or pushing back against the conscience, defiling the conscience, saying no to the conscience. Oh, that we get it right. If we confess our sins, he, God, is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Matthew 5, 23. Therefore, if thou bring thy gift to the altar and rememberest that thy brother hath aught against thee, leave thy gift before the altar and go thy way. First be reconciled to thy brother and then come and offer thy gift. Now, in doing that, we have to remember our heart is always for forgiveness. Our heart is always to be for reconciliation. That's not always possible. Sometimes the other party won't, won't want reconciliation, but we do our very best to have a conscience void of offense towards God and man. Even Paul had people that despised him and, and, and opposed him and, and never would have reconciled with him, but always having that heart to be void of offense toward God and man. Confession will bring peace to a troubled conscience. That's what we want. Peace in our conscience. A comfort in our conscience. It might be calling and getting right with somebody. It might be seeking some alone time with the Lord to be right with him. Isaac Watts said, preserve your conscience, always soft and sensitive. If but one sin force its way into the tender part of the soul and there dwell, the road is paved to a thousand iniquities. He's saying simply, if we don't tend to our conscience every single day and inform it with the truth of God's word, we leave ourselves open to many other sins. How I urge us all tonight to make sure that we keep a conscience void of offense towards God and towards man. Think about a clear glass of water. To drop a little bit of food coloring in it taints the whole glass. So isn't sin in our conscience. It must be dealt with right at the start. A little leaven, a little yeast leavens the whole lump. It, it'll, it'll spread in our lives and it'll allow and open us up for other sins. One other author said this, good conscience is sometimes sold for money but never bought with it. We can't, we can't pay, we can't merit a good conscience, but through confession and through being right with God and others, we can have a good conscience and we want that. Don't allow yourself to continue on in a defiled conscience or an evil conscience, a conscience that is, being, is pricking, it's, it's afflicted. Be right with the Lord, be right with others to the best of your ability and seek him to have a clear and good conscience. And so I trust that that will be a help to you as you go about your life this week, it's a good thing. Praise God for a conscience and uh, praise God for a clear conscience. There's nothing, there's no pillow as soft as a clear conscience. It's amazing how many times in the 
in the quiet hours of our life, those things just pop back up. May God help us to have a clear conscience like Paul, exercising ourselves always to have a conscience void of offense towards God and towards man. Father, would you help us with this? Would you help us to have this clear conscience? Would you help us to be right and give us the grace to be right with with you and others, to give a short account with you and not allow anything to stay in our minds, stay in our conscience? Uh, Lord, not to kick against the pricking of our conscience, but to be right with you. We love you and are thankful for what you have given to us in the conscience. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. May God bless you. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To learn more about Grace Baptist or how to have eternal life, visit gracekettering.org. And remember, you are always welcome at Grace Baptist Church.